And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, on a mission to acquire, to acquire valuable assets, The Bad Batch encounters Trace and Rafa Martez after the same target. There will be... Dude bros crying because the Martez sisters are back, baby! My babies are back! I love my Martez sisters! Cry, cry, man, babies, cry! We're talking about the Bad Batch Episode 6 decommission this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. Did people really cry over those two characters? I Why? Have, I Just have a, they're girls? I have a note about that. Because like, like, they initially got a lot of hate when they showed up in season seven and no one knew that they were going to be back in the bad batch so when they showed up i remember that day like all the usual suspects came out and was like well this has ruined the bad batch forever these are the worst characters in star wars look at these woke ass girls with their lesbian haircuts and their people of color and we don't like it the worst episode ever why is trace coming up with the plan and not Tech or Hunter and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, I'm just like, yes, Supper, my babies are back. Yay, Trees and Rapa. <laughs> it's like the most standard boilerplate story about, um, you know, people having to cooperate to get out of a situation. People at odds having to cooperate to get out of a situation. It's just like, like so many stories like that. And then all of a sudden it's just like... The men weren't calling all the shots. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was one of my notes for the, for this episode because I I remember that day and the moment I saw Trace. Actually, the moment I I like, saw Rafa like pull up her helmet, I just went, "Oh, Twitter's gonna be great today. It's gonna be so good." <laughs> I was like, yes, Twitter babies cry. I felt like Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers with that like that image where she's just like, cry, baby, cry, little baby. <laughs> and that was me this day on Twitter. I've been what? picking on Star Trek gatekeepers today for similar things. Fun. Good for you. What happened? Well, the the Star Trek The Motion Picture got like a 4K dressing up re-release where they fixed a lot of bad special effects and color timing on it and stuff. So I'm on a group that's, it's a Star Trek group, but it's specifically about Star Trek The Motion Picture, the first Star Trek movie. And it's all people who are big fans of it. So this is like the biggest thing that's ever happened on this group, you know, because usually it's just people talking about how much I like this movie, but something's actually happening with the movie and you can't, you know, so people are critiquing it and, you know, they're nitpicking it, the, the re-release of it and stuff, but it's just always peppered with people who pop in and go like, Yes, this is a movie masterpiece. Unlike the new Star Trek, which is a garbage, garbage, garbage. 
<laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and Star Trek fandom, which can get really toxic for, and, and for Star Trek, the motion picture, you're talking, you know, not to be biased, but you're talking like older, a lot of older people are into it. Cause it, you know, the movie came out in like 79 or something, 78 or 79 or something like that. So it's a lot of older people discussing it. And it's like, and, uh, you know, this, you know, and they're, they're going this new woke Star Trek and stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, the true fans know what Star Trek is. And I'm like, yeah, well, I if I've never heard a, a I've never heard a clown phrase. You know, that's one of the clowniest oh phrases gosh. when someone says true Star Trek fan. And Dude. I'm like, oh, OK, I got I got one to come on today because also um Star Wars released for toddlers, mind you, a new series of shorts on YouTube called Galactic Society of Creatures Enthusiasts. And it's literally like Muppet Babies in Star Wars. And this one dude, bro, was like, this looks like shit. How horrible. How could they ever do this? And I'm like, it's fucking for toddlers, dude. <laughs> like, calm down. Yeah, you cry, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so I had to explain to him how all Star Wars has been cheesy. And he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. real Star Wars fans know this, like, woke, you know, feminist stuff. As a, and I'm like, actually, like, for one, True, true blank fans is one of the biggest clown statements of all. It just means you don't understand opinions. Mm -hmm. And two, real, if you want to talk about real Star Trek fans, talk about the women who, when Star Trek was canceled, kept the entire franchise going wrote letters and 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 then would turn and around the, and, the fan and write scenes? fan fiction about Kirk and Spock, you know, uh, humping each other. So, you know, yeah. let's talk about and then I then I said, and you got to learn something about science fiction, too, that if you're going to have science fiction, that's that's that has a different future, you have to stuff has to fall to the left. Story-wise, because the, the the left is, you know, just in technical terms, not in even like you know political terms, but the left is about change and moving forward and and stuff. So it's about you know dealing with the future, and conservatism is about you know sticking with the past and stuff. And so when you do conservative stories in conservative ideas in a science fiction story you end up in dystopian science fiction you know mm -hmm. and that's not what star trek is so cry about you know you know everything all the politics and star trek being left-wing but that's just always how it's going to be in science it's, fiction in the future it's you know always it, been star trek and it's always been star trek and yeah and you know if these guys if these guys had been around you, you know, these guys probably are super proud that Star Trek had the first interracial kiss and they don't even see the irony, <laughs> you know, that they're going to cry if there's like a trans character, although there already have been like technically, technically trans. There's been there's been like like actual physical gender fluid characters who like change genders, you know, in the in the course of an episode in Star Trek. And that's even before the new Star Trek that they're crying about. So, 
<sighs> cry, cry, cry. <laughs> but luckily, luckily, that was not a that was not a uh, popular opinion in the on on the Star Trek page. And yeah, and a lot of people were just like, yeah, this is gatekeeping and stuff like that. So that, that that's very uh, was uh, very heartening for me. Hmm. I just thought it would be, I was like, oh no, all these boomers are going to pile on to how they hate the new Star Trek. And they're they like, well, obviously you love the new Star Trek. And I'm like, ah, not really. I'm kind of mixed on it. But so uh, I was mixed on Star Trek The Next Generation for three seasons. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, and now it's some of my favorites. So whatever. I've discovered whatever. the best, I discovered the best way to like make my roommate get angry very fast because she wants to show me uh star trek eventually uh-huh. like it's, it's been a plan for ours for you know it was a, a plan of ours pre-covid and then COVID happens and now we live together um i'm like what if we start with enterprise it should like looks at me she's like what does that mean i'm like you know the ones wait which one's the first chronological order is that enterprise yes yes and I was like, well, I saw the first episode. I really like it. Love it. And I just see her, like, start seething. And I'm like, can we? And she's like, no. <laughs> Ask me how my week was, Chris. So, Hope, how was your week? I had a great week. Um, it's actually been a couple weeks since me and Chris has talked. And that's because, and you've already heard the episodes by the time this one comes out. I went to teach you a beacon! Finally, it's been two years since I got to see my bees. And it was so much fun. And I was on, I actually ended up being on four panels. <laughs> um, two of Star Wars ones, which you've already heard by now, right? Because this is coming out after the panels. That is correct. Yes, so you've already heard the two panels. So I did a galaxy far, far away. And the um, from the Skywalker saga to Disney Plus talking about Star Wars under the Disney umbrella. And I did them both with my friend Arzu from Space Waffles, who I always talk about because she came down from Canada and visited for the weekend. So I got to like meet Arzu in person. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed um, I especially enjoyed the uh, Star Wars under Disney under the Disney umbrella one. That one ended up being a really, really fun discussion. And honestly, a, a, gal- it, a galaxy far, far away sounds like it could it could have been confusing if they had your panel and then a panel on Irish people who've appeared in Star Wars. <laughs> I I originally wanted to call it Fantastic Space Gaze and where where to find them, but I was like, that's a little bit too J.K. Rowling. It sounds for sounds like a Harry Potter panel. Yeah, that's beca- Yeah, and honestly, you know, J.K. Yeah, has, nah, has nah, ruined everything. Soon. Um, but no it was a lot of fun so i get to like scream about the high republic and doing all that but um one uh, one panel i ended up the one i got thrown on in the room um was really fun um because it turned out like the panelists uh her flight got canceled so she wasn't getting into the next day and they were like we don't have a panelist for this does anybody want to be on this and i like slowly raised my hand and it was um uh, self-healing through fan fiction and it was a really interesting panel with the two other people I was on there with um, and we talked about how like how to heal like with trauma and how to address trauma and fan fiction and how to um, 
how we've used fic to like um, explore who we are and discover pe- things about ourselves. And it was a really, really good panel that I was not prepared for that I jumped on last minute. Um, and I also did the How to Podcast panel, which is always fun. Um, I've done that one many, many times. And the reason I didn't record that one is because we already, I think we already have two different versions recorded already in early JKI's episodes. So um, I just didn't see the need to record that one. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed Tutu and Beacon and meeting Arzu and I and I get to see my bees again, and I got way too many, many homemade marshmallows from my friend Allison, so I'm just going to like stuff myself silly with marshmallows. Homemade uh, marshmallows? Oh. Don't you need a special like machine to make those? I remember somebody telling me how that they had that they made homemade marshmallows, and they had some sort of like air pressure machine to do it. I don't know how Allison does it. I know that there's something with a pan, and she has to cut them. Without uh-huh. pizza cutter, um, but they're delicious. Like she made a bunch of them for Vox Machina, the Legend of Vox Machina in Critical Role. So like I think like the the grog was like stout cream, and another thing, and Keyleth was like ginger, lemon, and rosemary marshmallows, which is really good. And like Vax was like a chai dark chocolate, and oh, what was the other one? That one's my favorite. And, and blackberry. It was chai dark chocolate and blackberry. It was so good. <laughs> so I've been slowly but surely eating eating all the marshmallows in my house. So thanks to Allison for making them. So that was, yeah, it was it was a ton of fun to be able to go back to Teacher One Beacon. And I'm very happy that they let us, like, let us both go as press for the waffles. And I can't wait to write about it this weekend. And uh, I also, because we haven't talked in two weeks... Uh, I got Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Mm. And I've never played a Lego game at all, ever. Uh, and it's so much fun. <laughs> well, this one, this one looks crazy. I've been watching, like, I've just been catching little clips of, like, like people, like, people are, like, you know, have already gotten Yoda's death. I guess one of the things is, like, Yoda's death scream always changes from... From uh, so he's got a new death scream, but like there's all sorts of like little. Sh- it's it's like a quantum level about. It still looks like it's playing like a Lego Star Wars game, but it looks insanely gorgeous. Yeah, I um I've been taking my time mostly because I got it and then I had to get ready to go to a con while still writing all my deadlines and stuff like that. Um, so I haven't been. I'm not too far ahead, and I decided that I wanted to play chronologically, so I'm still in episode one. Because I'm a crazy person, and I wanted to start in my favorite era, which is the prequel era. So um, right now I'm on it, and I also got the DLCs for it. So like you start with like Mando, and you also start with like um, like Khalil and stuff if you want to. So I'm just like running around like most Espa with like Qui Gon, Padme, uh, Mando, and. <laughs> And uh, who's the other person that I got that I was just like, yeah, oh, Kira, because I got the solo pack, too. So I'm like, Kira, Kira, Mando, Qui-Gon, and Padme are running around the town right now, and I'm just having the best time. <laughs> and that's your, your crew that you can switch switch through? As long as, yeah, once you complete, like, the story requirements. So, like, when I first landed right, there, right. like, I, I had to be... specific people to do specific things in places. Yeah, but the world is, like, really big, which is, like... 
my jam because I I spent I'm like on day three just running around Moss Espa yeah and just like looking at shit because hope with open world games is just like a really like I I I can't do let's plays because I don't I'm just get like, the like I would have had everything. I don't get the like dopamine rush a lot of people get of like collecting things and games and stuff, except for the Lego games. The Lego games, mm-hmm. I definitely get dopamine rushes from like picking up coins and find finding the pieces of the the and you um, break everything. Mini mini puzzles and stuff, or the you know the mini figures and stuff. And you break, and break everything. It. Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's- it's so satisfying to just like walk into a house and just like smash everything, and there's just like a person in the See corner those watching coins you. Flowing up into your coin bank. Oh, so good. <laughs> the little noise it makes, yeah. And, and yeah, that's right. It was you and me that were talking because we were talking about them getting back into the uh, air ducts, and I was telling you about how in uh, the the old, the last, you know, the original Lego Star Wars, you had to have little Anakin in order to get into the ducks to get to certain areas which i'm sure is probably happening again i um the only thing i can't seem to get figured out is how to do like long range weapons i suck with a blaster i can't get it to aim i'm just like wandering everywhere and i can't shoot anything and i'm just like <laughs> yeah, but the the game is made so you don't have to. You know, you just don't have. You you know, you can just sort of like cruise around. And, hey, if you got a bad shot, just keep trying. You know, keep doing it over and over again or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's fine. Eventually, I'll get the hang of it. But it's I'm having just a really good time yeah. playing my first ever Lego game, and now I kind of like want to go back and like play some of the other ones too. I'm just having a really good time. With I it, haven't so. played one that I the only the one that I like least of all of them was the Indiana Jones ones, and that was just because I didn't like using the whip. I wasn't very good with the whip, so. Mm-hmm. And it it, <laughs> it just seemed like a harder like I would get stuck. the The Lego Batman games are a lot of fun. Those seem fun. Yeah, I I might. I might branch out. I, I was telling Megan and with Pat, and she was saying that the Marvel ones aren't very good because they're a little bit too simple. So I'm having like just a, like the right amount of challenge on this. Yeah, on this one, no, the so. Star Wars ones, the Star Wars ones of all of them are the ones that they go like whole hog on. You know, they they mm-hmm. really do them up like full, just immersive fun that you can just sort of play and a bunch of different ways you know mm-hmm. yeah i'm <laughs> i'm not normally a completist person but i might do it for this one because i'm having just a really i have good a time. nintendo ds sitting here and it's it doesn't work in the ds but it's it's got lego star wars the lego star wars trilogy in it and every once in a while i'll just pick it up and just like randomly like you know, because I've I've played through all of it, so I can just sort of wander around and go over to any, you know, go through the cantina door at any level. I like just, I don't know if you do it in the new one, but in the old one, you could just like wander around the cantina, smash up the place and gather up coins and mm-hmm. just generally be annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's having a good time. I, I just met like Shoot little... C-3PO just for good measure. 
And there's like so many characters too. There's like the roster's like 300 characters, I think. Well, I was gonna say right right now it's got to be like yeah. Before it was it was a lot less characters, so it's got to be just ridiculous now. The between the animation and these uh, and, and everything, it's just got to be ridiculous. I have to say though, I am so sorry, Chris. <clears throat> because they have at, at the moment I haven't discovered if it's changed so it might change in the future but at the time of this recording they have cheat codes for the holiday special to where you can get holiday special characters and Mala is not one what you can get That's itchy and you can get C3PO and uh, a in a sweater but you can't get Mala oh you can't get Art Carney or uh or um that um, I would have to double check, but um, I specifically looked for Mala for you, and I was like, I can get itchy, but not Mala. Poor Chris. What about Grievy? Uh, he I must Grievous, be able to get Grievy. Grievous is a character. Yeah, it's gotta be. Star Wars. Every time I boot up, it's like General Grievous' ship. Blah blah blah. Skywalker saga. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, you can get Grievous. So, anyway, we should talk about Bad Batch. Yeah. What did you think of this episode? I liked it. It 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 it's it's right in my it's right in that it's right in that um. But we are in in that where we're sort of setting our setting our norm for uh um Sid's you know the the sort of like Sid handing out adventures like a video game segment of the show. So it's got like, it's got like the just sort of basic adventure of the week, adventure of the week plot, with, with just tick, ticking off boxes for stuff in the future. You know, you know we got uh, and you know it's true to form. We got another blow to the head to wrecker this episode. <laughs> so it's just sort of a, it's just it's just sort of a. Um, Adventure of the week with a uh, with uh, special guests. It's a very special guesty episode. I would agree with that, except for also the spe- the role that the special guests play, which is introducing pretty much the problem for the rest of the season, which yeah. is Hunter waffling for multiple episodes, going, "Well, we could go fight in the rebellion, but I also want to keep everybody safe." And yeah, I got so I got some notes along along those lines. Yeah, because I don't mind it sure. here. I mind it like four episodes from now when we're still doing it. But I, I like it here because it's introducing the idea of, yeah. "Hey, you can fight for a bigger cause and do the right thing." And Hunter's like, "Cool, I'll think about it." And then he thinks about it for literally the rest of the season. Yeah. So this is where I have well, a problem. Well, you know, I mean, though they're clones, so they're they're not they're they're made to be, they're they're made to be like, probably in like have in them to be leaders, but like thinking about things outside of clone, they're they're you know they're 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 small, you know job in the universe up until this point is probably pretty difficult remember they're all kids I mean, he, he said that <laughs> he said as much in his final com- like conversation with rafa because he's like it was much easier when we were just soldiers yeah because and and yeah they you know they like there's 
there's making decisions and there's uh, there's just having the experience of the the outside world and and you know the whole having their whole world changed it's just yeah they're yeah they're they are burst out of a bubble and it's going to take a while for them to you know even when they're trying to think of things they're probably thinking still thinking of it in a sort of military manner you know oh, yeah. I, so. I don't mind anything you said except for it's a television show and shit's got to move <laughs> yeah keep it moving along yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah like like real a life couple or- episodes will get it get it along yeah yeah that's the thing like it doesn't when it comes to a tv show when we hit about like the back half of the season and we're still doing this like that's, that's how i felt about like, um was what i felt about oh what's his name in resistance oh yeager no uh um kaz oh <laughs> remember i was always complaining it's just like yes he learned this lesson two weeks ago very pointedly but that's the thing like i okay it, and at the that, end of the show he goes i've learned my lesson now ding and there, yeah because there's there's a difference between backsliding and also and and then just like sitting and not doing anything like yeah. those are two totally different things to me like i don't mind kaz backsliding because that is a valid character thing to do but my problem is like they just from about this point for like the next several episodes the bad batch just kind of tread water for like the rest of the season <laughs> from this point on like they just kind of tread water and do the same thing and we even have entire side missions where like we have an entire episode about Hera where we barely see, see the bad patch. <laughs> this may this this may be a double-edged sword in the upcoming, you know, large amount of intertwined shows coming out is is you might end up with stuff like that and like you know weird weird stuff like oh why why is the bad batch treading water but because they can only be at this point by the end of season 1 because all this other stuff is good has to be going on for other shows and stuff and geez why is book of boba fett have the mandalorian in the middle of the you know take over the show for a while you know and stuff and that 5 years from now me. we'll all be we'll all be perfectly familiar with it you know and mm-hmm. and there'll be people going like Here's here if you want to watch all this in sequential order. Here's you know, watch you know the ep- episodes five and six of this show. Then watch episodes seven and eight of this show. You know, there's going to mm-hmm. be stuff like that tracking the storylines and stuff. But that like the Bad Batch probably had to be at a certain point at this and no further at the end of this season. Well, here's and, my uh, thing. It doesn't bother me with Book of Boba Fett and the Mando thing because from the get go. Book of Boba Fett, the Ahsoka show, the canceled Cara Dune show, um, and was all supposed to be intertwined with Mando to lead to a big crossover event. Right. So, like, going into it, we always knew that that these shows would cross over. That batch is on its own. So it's kind of strange to have an entire episode with just Hera, and it feels more just like they wanted to play with their Rebels toys. Mm. And that's the difference to me because the Bad Batch is not crossing over with anything else. <laughs> yeah, it, that, it we know of, that we know that, that of. That we know of at the moment. But that's the difference to me, though. Mando, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, all this was promoted as such. It was promoted to be that way. We didn't promote it with Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. That, well, That's the difference to me. 
that's an that's another that's a i i agree with that but that i think that's a, a matter of i think i think disney still even though like basically sort of the success of the tv shows is really springing out of the animation <laughs> you know a lot of it is 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 more due to the animation you know stuff that happened in the animation and dave filoni than anything else but they 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 don't they like within the animation they'll be like oh look sagrera you know it's you know they'll be talk within the the fans of the animation circle and like you know on in in you know the 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 show circle but like yeah it's not pr- like they they almost like make the animations to be like oh well you know what we don't talk about these being linked in because it's almost more a mechanical thing what i think the way they're thinking about it is animation is different than live action and you know and and the two can cross but only sort of the other thing crossing into the animation which is totally fallacious because they do cross things from the animation into the into the live action but they don't like i don't think they like that to be they like that to be the exception and just sort of flukes that you know that happen here and there and and stuff like that i think there's just at some level they're like they want to try to keep them more uh, you can't keep them in different worlds but like make it so like the people who are watching the TV shows don't feel like they have to watch the animations to and and the people who watch the animations get a little extra, you know, by watching the animations. That's valid. But because... I think it's false because they're just so intertwined anyway, you know. Yeah, that's so... valid, too, because if we look at something like Rebels, like it was definitely like I don't want to say a continuation of Clone Wars, but it was definitely in the same universe as Clone Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we should talk about decommissioned. Cause you ready? I am ready. <clears throat> decommissioned is the sixth episode of The Bad Batch, and it aired on June fourth, twenty twenty one. It was written by Amanda Rose Nunez and directed by Nathaniel Villanova. Some extra information for you. Bridget Colley and Elizabeth Rodriguez both reprised their roles as Trace and Rafa Martez from Clone Wars Season 7. The decommissioning facility takes inspiration (coughs) from the droid factory in Episode 2, Attack the Clones. Corellia was first seen on screen in Solo, a Star Wars story, and the designs in The Bad Batch were taken from the aesthetic designs developed for that film. And finally... This is a cool note, but it's one of those, like, you have to put the pieces together to make it a cool note. And a total blink and you miss it kind of thing. The astromech with the Martez sisters is R7A, is R7A7. R7 was Ahsoka's astromech throughout the Clone Wars series whenever she would pilot a fighter. It was also the astromech that helped her survive Order 66. At the end of the final Clone Wars episode, as Ahsoka is looking over all the buried clones in the background, you can see that Captain Rex has R7's parts strapped to his ship. And it seems that between that and now, R7 has been repaired and given to the Martez sisters. It's funny, they put him in two scenes, and the first one, she makes a point of 
bopping him on the head and you see that he's like rickety as hell too uh-huh he just sort of rattles around i i i like that it's a cool because it's one of those like when you realize that like it makes uh you know because you know spoiler warning we've already seen the rest of the show so we're gonna spoil who was in the mysterious cape at the end of the episode because it could be like three or four people legitimately if you don't know who it is. You know, it could yeah. be Ahsoka, it could be Rex, it could be Saw Gerrera. Yeah. Or Be- Bella Organa was a very popular choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very popular choice. But, like, um, it helps make that connection even more to, like, be like, yes. Okay, last, last chance, spoiler warning. Walk away now if you haven't seen the rest of the season. I don't know why you're here. Um, we know it's Rex. <laughs> Right. And so that makes it make sense. Like if you realize like it's R7 and he was strapped to Rex's ship at the very end of the last episode that he probably gave them R7 and was just like, hey, this is Ahsoka's droid. And they're like, oh, is Ahsoka OK? We heard about the Jedi. And he's like, she's in hiding now. Keep take care of her droid for me. And it knows how to contact me if you need me. So it's a really cool connection, but it's one of those that, like, unless you don't know, then you don't know how cool it is, you know? Yes. You know who's also cool? Mm. You're cool, Yoda. Yoda is cool. Hi, it's been a few weeks since I talked to you. How you doing? Mm, Is it the sunglasses I'm wearing that made me cool? Oh, Honey, you are cool with or without the sunglasses. Yoda wears his sunglasses at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought you were blind. Because you're old. Yoda knows it was an old joke. It was an old joke. I actually know some, like, really bitching on blind people. Anyway, I got a question for you. And it's a it's a very long question, Yoda, because it comes from Paul C. Kelly. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. All right, so I'm going to read this question, but it's very long, so so bear with me. Long question for Yoda, yes. Paul just wants to know all the things about you, Yoda. All the things. You ready? Yes, Yoda is always ready. (gasps) Oh, sorry, I had a burp. All right, Paul C. Kelly writes, I am not doing his voice. Listening to you over a few years, I see that you are a little different from how I remembered you in the original Star Wars trilogy. I am curious to to uh, I am curious if you might be from another Star Wars universe. Laughy face emoji. <laughs> if, if so, I am curious that if in your universe, everyone is a bit dirtier version of themselves. I'm sure that would open up a lot of, like, questions from a lot of people. L-O-L. It might explain your animosity towards Yaddle. Oh, no. Either that or the light side and the dark side are reversed. Would th- that would explain your jealousy of Baby Yoda. Is it, isn't jealousy the shadow of greed? Jealousy is so, so what I'm gathering is, are you from another Star Wars universe, and are you secretly a Darksider? Darksider, Yoda's Darksider. Hmm, Paul C. Kelly thinks he knows Yoda from, what, 15 minutes screen time in PG movie? 
Huh. Doesn't know Yoda. Doesn't hang with Yoda. Thinks Yoda's in some Mandela effect universe. Really? Maybe Yoda swears. Yoda couldn't swear in movie. Wouldn't let Yoda. Yoda, maybe Let Yoda's the force throw, fucking flow through you. Yoda wanted to say no, <laughs> no. Director said no. Let force throw through. Yeah. Yoda wanted to say, beings of bitch and light, we are not this crude matter. Mm, cut that word out. <laughs> beings of bitch and light. Yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> this is amazing! No, I, Force I is think... awesome, man! Yoda speaks to the kids in the kids' language. Hello, fellow youths! <laughs> Says all the, all the words you can't say on Star Wars movies. I... I just think you're very professional when on set, and you're perfectly allowed to let loose when you're not on set. Yoda has a responsibility to the kiddies in the movies. Yes, he does. You can't look at them and be like, you little shits! Yeah. Re remember Batman? Batman? Remember Batman? No, please do that again. Batman? Oh yeah, Batman! Yes, used to go to orgies with Robin all the time. Oh God, I did not know that was the direction we were going in. It is true, it's true. Look it up, look it up on the internet. Yes, everybody loved that Batman. Yes, and Robin. Mm, on TV oh. they were. And oh, orgies on TV? No. Adult Adam West Batman, okay. I was like, oh no. Please say we're talking about Nightwing, who's a grown ass adult. Okay. I did not realize that was the direction we were going in. <laughs> yes, yes. You th think think Adam West is in, in alternate universe, do you? No. He's at was at comic conventions. Now he is with the force. You know. Orgies. Maybe the movies would have gone a different way if you were allowed to look at Anakin Skywalker during the prequels and been like, you're a little shit. Someday Quentin Tarantino will make a Star Wars movie and Yoda will be able to use the MF word. What yes. MF word? Everybody knows the MF word. He's, I just, Yoda, I just want to hear Yoda you is it. saving. Yoda is saving that word for the Quentin Tarantino movie he's in. Okay, that's valid. I got you to sing Batman twice, so that was fine. Yoda is not your puppet who just performs when you ask. I'm sorry. What? What Batman? <laughs> Thank you, Yoda. Paul, I, hope, I hope that cleared it up for you. For you, dance, I just Yoda dance. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Oh, that's good. You're kind of wearing him down. I like that. <laughs> Just keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, we're going to get into Act 1. Yeah.
Yeah, I am. That's not very enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, Just sure. picturing Batman and Robin at the orgy now. Uh, that is a true story. I guess they got. I guess Batman, like Adam West and Frank Gorsham, who played the Riddler, went to an orgy and stayed in character and got kicked out. <laughs> they were so annoying. Really? Yeah. Oh. The book just came out, and I guess there's all sorts of stories starting to come out now. <laughs> oh, fun! All right. Ugh, pop my fingers. I'm out. You ready for Act One? Act uh, One. Ready. Let's go. Act One. We open with Echo being a sweet boy to his little sister Omega, because Omega's like, I'm trying to learn how to shoot things with my brand new energy bow. And we all know so far this season that there are two soft boys to Omega, and that is Echo and Tack. And they've been treating her like a sweet baby, but also an equal and not like babying her. And they're trying to teach her stuff. And the two regulars in Sid's bar, Bolo and Ketch, are watching. I just like to mention them because they're Vox Machina voice actors, and I just enjoy that. Um, and Omega's doing fine. She, like, hit the target, and she's, like, super excited about it. And Echo's like, yeah, good job. Do it again. And she's like, but why do I have to do it again? Because you're not consistent with it, kid. You have to hit it over and over and over again, and you keep practicing. And in the middle of bow hour, Sid comes over and she like kicks in the door and she's like, you, Bolo and Ketch, get out. And she kicks them out. And she has a job for them. And probably one of my favorite scenes, she's just like, guys, I know you're clones. So I'm sure you know what a ta tactical droid is. A tactical droid is, and like, Tech literally trips over the background, and Tech's like, I, I know a thing, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk, because I know a lot about this thing. And like, I've been so confused for like the last few episodes, because we're learning an entirely new life and world and system and everything, and I just want to talk about a thing that I know for once. And Tech's like, oh, no, shut the fuck up. Anyway, and... I'm gonna tell you about this job. I need you to get a tactical droid head before it's destroyed. It's on Corellia. You're gonna do a thing. And like, text crying in the background because he didn't get to talk about the thing. And he's just like, I have one job. It's like that scene in Galaxy Quest with Sigourney Weaver's character. And she's like, I have one job and it's stupid, but it's my job. And that's Tech right now, who's like in the corner of just being like, I can only do one thing and I'm really good at it. I'm so scared about our changing world. Anyway, so Sid's like, I need you to go to Corellia and get this tactical droid head before it's destroyed, please. And Hunter's like, ah, we don't know if we want to work for you or not. And she's like, oh, remember last episode when I was, like, blackmailing you? You work for me now. Get over yourselves. But before they leave, Sid comes over. And she's like, Omega, sweetie, this is how you shoot the bow. You need to have some strength. Watch this. And then she's a badass. And she's just like, pow, pow, pow. And, like, she, like, gets, like, three in a row. And everyone's just like, oh, wow, Sid's the best. And she gives back the bow. And she's like, be careful out there, Omega, sweetie, because we all love you very much. And she's just like, get the fuck out, the rest of you! So it's time for the mission! So our Bad Batch babies sneak onto Corellia by riding on another another ship, and they sneak onto the planet, 
and they get to the decommission factory and it's full of like a ton of police droids and they're like wow you know we don't see police droids a lot in in star wars like past this era this is kind of cool and they gotta like find the 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 tactical droid head so hunter's like all right we're all going to split up wrecker you're gonna go really really up high and i know you have a fear of heights but last time echo did it and we got captured by zygerians so you're gonna do it this time because i'm sure it's gonna be great and wrecker's like i don't want to go up high i have a fear of heights this feels like it's a plot point and hunter's like it absolutely is a plot point get your ass up there (laughs) so wrecker's just like ugh, and he climbs up to his plot point and the rest of them split up to look for the tactical droid head and the three guys minus omega because she's like staying by herself up on a walkway are like hacking into the system and they're trying to find out and they find out that there's only like one tactical droid in the factory so they only have like one chance at this but oh no Omega spots the tactical head, but as she does, someone else grabs it off the conveyor belt and is running away. And during all this, someone is coming up behind her. And when Omega realizes who it is, she jumps up and pulls her bow. And the person is like, whoa, whoa, whoa there. You don't need to shoot me. Look, I'm in worker's outfit. You just need to calm down, kid. And she lifts her mask and it's fucking Rafa Martez and the dude bows start crying because the person who got the tactical head on the conveyor belt is Trace and the Martez sisters are here bum bum motherfucking bum what did you think of act two or act one there was no good I can tell you what I think of act two yet yeah there's no good place to like split this episode (laughs) i was i I, it was one that that split it split fairly well i think we split at the same basic points because every seven minutes you know yeah they showed up right about the seven minute mark and then they like save omega the like 14 mega mark so but there wasn't like full screen wipes wipes and and you know bum bum let's start up with uh coming back from a commercial i mean if we're going by that the first screen wipe was at three and a half minutes yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah but yeah it's a it's it's a different world now so but the story beat was still there so yeah i think i think we probably are on the same so i'll do my shallow notes first starting with my shallowest which is uh echo's hand looks like a a a flathead screwdriver it just it just looks like it looks like a toy like that i would have had as a kid then like the hand broke off it and i'd be like oh stick the screwdriver on it and it looks like a it's 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 just weird it's 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 unnerving which is kind of cool um sid's eyes got goofy eyes like she's got like one lazy eye and i'm like why is that so weird and it's 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 weird because you don't usually see lizards with their eye you know like like lizard lizard like lizards and lizard creatures and stuff like sometimes like real lizards in our world have the eyes that'll sort of go in two different directions, but they're, she has like a lazy eye, which just looks weird on a lizard. You just don't see a lizard with a lazy eye, but it looks, it looks in place 
for a character by Rhea Perlman, who's always, you know, Rhea Perlman's characters are always kind of a little, a little saucy and goofy, you know, and, mm. uh, and full of personality. So I, I like that, but it was, it just, it just, it was, it's just slightly off and it's just a nice little thing. And, and my other, my other note is I like this episode because Everywhere they go, everything they're just in, we're in the dirty part of the galaxy, which I like. Everything's dirty and grungy. Later on in the show, like they were like, I don't know about that where you're living now. That sounds kind of seedy. And Omega's like, I know it's great. <laughs> so I, I love where I love like I love the look of uh, Karelia being all completely, you know, just rusted out and industrial and stuff. That's that was really neat. Um, in 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 notes for Charles only probably, I just read Midnight Horizon a few a couple months ago and it's set on Karelia, so I definitely had a moment watching this episode just being like, eh, this is probably where Comac and Cantum was running around with Reef and Ram." Ah. Thank you. That concludes <laughs> notes just for Charles. <laughs> no, no um, but my my main takeaway with this is is uh. The scene where they're like, "Why do we want the head of uh, one of these robots?" And they're and I can't. I think it was Hunter that was explaining. You know, there or it was either Hunter or Tech that was explaining that. You know, these are you know that these they they're tactical robots that learned. So like the longer they fought in the Clone Wars, the more they're just chocked full of knowledge. They're chock full of knowledge and information, and so they're Especially very battle very, knowledge. They're very very valuable. And they don't, and I don't know if the, 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 they meant it in the writing angle or, and just were, didn't mention it. It didn't follow it further and just sort of let it hang. But, you know, it's got to be going through their heads that, hey, that's kind of us. <laughs> we're like, you know, the, the, oh, interesting. A, a group of clones, it's the sort of the same thing, but probably, well, it's probably cuts both ways, but like they're probably, you know, being, you know, s truly sentient, they probably have more improv skills than than a, a, a battle droid algorithm. But they're the same sort of thing. They were they were made to fight wars and they they are battle hardened. They are a battle hardened team that's l learned through the whole clone clone wars. So, you know. They're they're going to get this immensely valuable thing that everybody everybody wants, and at the same time they got to be realizing that's them, <laughs> you that's know. And Sid Sid sort of getting them for a bargain right now, probably. So yeah, I didn't think of it that way because also in a way that they're kind of going through that right now so far in the season because every new place that they showed up, like even just something like going to Cut Laquain's house, like they ha they learned how to deal with a kid. And they're kind of going through that too. Wow, I didn't think about that. That Chris, that's really, that's really cool. And them being useful to anybody, they're all, but they're also wanted. So mm -hmm. basically, like their most useful like thing to do would probably be to join the rebellion. You know, well, get you with the symbolism. See, see, I can yeah. do it sometimes. Get you with that symbolism. Wow. They well, that's are, all I got for part one. They are the tactical droid. Anyway, uh, uh, where am I? I? I feel that I never do a good, you know, um, 
reading of notes unless I've completely uh, introduced a new new thought to you, Hope. That was really, I liked it. I liked You're that welcome. one. Thank you. Um, I actually don't have any really big notes for this section. <laughs> And my in that I was I was saying it very pretentiously at the microphone, and my cat just looked up at me adoringly, and it's just like, oh, she's buying it. (laughs) My cat's (laughs) buying it. That's right, Bernice. I'm a mega genius. (laughs) This is big brain energy over here. (laughs) Check out the big brain on on the guy's whose lap you're sitting. Galaxy brain. Yeah, now her tail's starting to go rant, rant. So I think I'm gonna <laughs> leave her alone for now. Yeah, enough galaxy brain. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of my notes for this section are kind of small. Um, the meat of my notes are in the other two acts. Um, I like Bolo and Catch at the beginning of this episode when they're just watching Omega practice and taking bets. Um, I just like them because they're just kind of these like two goofy guys in the supporting cast, and they don't do anything, but they're there for humor. And I, but I also peanut gallery. Yeah, and but I also like that they've just kind of already accepted the bad bash. They're like, yeah, these guys live here now. Cool, we're gonna bet money on them. They're bar flies. If if they're in the bar, then that's their family now. That 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 they Mm -hmm. are hanging out with their family, (laughs) whoever just happens to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I adore Tech and his probably neurodivergent brain when he was, when, like when Sid was like, so let me tell you about tactical droids. And he practically just like shoves Hunter out of the way. And he's like, I know everything about tactical droids. And I'm like, I get that. That's me where I'm just like, I can tell you everything about this thing. Let me talk to you about this for well, hours. Well, Sid's <laughs> just like, shut up goggles. I got this. <laughs> yeah. And I love him for it. Um, I like how Sid is because, you know, we've already seen the rest of the season. So we know eventually like she 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 likes these guys and they're like part of her crew. Like we know that she eventually gets there. Um, But I like to see her like slowly warming up to the Bad Batch because at this point it's entirely Omega. Like the other guys, they're there because they're useful. But she she really is like warming up to this child because Sid is probably not the person and not the type of person who would like give out a bow lesson to Omega if she didn't like Omega. If she really didn't like Omega, she wouldn't give a fuck and would like let this kid keep like floundering. But she it's just like a little action to show that she is starting as a character to grow on these guys and vice versa. Yeah, and I I no well, no I'm no I'm uh, she, I I think Sid is and this is from also from watching the whole season or whatever but I think Sid is more of a Maz Kanata type character, not necessarily sort of force sensitive character, but maybe, but she's more of a, 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 you know, she's, she's, she's a, she's, you know, working the crime scene, but she's also goes deeper than that. And she just sees instantly sees the potential in, in, um, in Omega and is and and is as ob, observant as Omega. She's already observed that Omega just you can just toss information into Omega and Omega will go blink and and you know and incorporate it into her vocabulary. So when she gives her advice, she's like, "Here's how what you do with the bow. You do this and this, and don't worry about this, and just walks away." And you can see Omega's just stopping her brain, and she's she's just like, "Do that," and Omega's like, "Okay, I will," you know. Yeah, 
And so she finally was Omega was finally get like finally given somebody knew that that like oh I could just feed this kid like a computer I could just sit there going and then you do this and this and this and she'll just sit there going blah 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 so, you know teach her judo in three days you know so she knows well, that's just like, the nature of kids too because like kids brains absorb everything yeah yeah but she yeah, but they're they're trying to they're trying to uh that I mean. She's an exaggerate, like a super exaggerated version of that because she's a, oh. a cloned out version. He, so I, yeah. I just realized the difference. The difference is Echo was treating her like a soldier. Sid treated her like a kid. Yeah, and and uh, like a kid and a peer. You know, she treated mm-hmm. her with the respect of saying, like, she she recognized how she did, and then and, and instead of going like, now Omega, I know that you you absorb things quick. She just like just as a peer was like, here you go. Blah 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 blah. Look at me, bling bling. There you go. You know, and and it's it's you know ever there. There's I mean Omega is just physically smaller than the Bad Batch. That's all. That's all. She's older than them. You know, spoiler, and you know she's pro- got to be just as smart and talented as them. So. You know, they're basically peers, but they're still, you know, we've got a kid and they've really they've got a period at some point. She's probably going to surpass them, you know, in in impressive abilities, you know. So. Yeah, it's hard to say it's uh, I, I like the story because it on the surface, it's like a bunch of guys, you know, you know, five men and a baby or whatever. How many of them are there? There's four of them, right? There's four of them because but the fifth it be because the fifth is uh so it's four so. yeah so it's you know it's sort of the four men and a baby scenario except it it really isn't you know it's a lot more complicated than that and that's a very that's a very that's like the Star Wars element that that sort of evolved in in the prequels you know and Clone Wars of something you know uh. uh like Anakin, a child that's just like so much more more than a child, you know, but at the same time a child. And yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and here's my the usual suspects came out whining on Twitter note. It was so good. I eat all of your tears for breakfast. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> Keep crying. Um, and my only other note is actually about, like, I forgot what I wrote. Hold on. Hope needs to read this. Okay. So <laughs> I had to remember what I wrote here. Um, so I love the Martez being, sis- the sisters being here. I mean, if you guys remember when we covered Clone Wars season seven, I love Trace and Rafa. They're some of my favorite characters of that season. I love everything about them. And... I, it dawned on me that probably when they were doing season seven, they already, they of course already had to have Bad Batch in the works. So it, they probably just had Bridget and Elizabeth record for Bad Batch while they were still there um, and just get it all done at once. And what I liked about it really though is the, the Martez sister arc is usually considered like the wonky middle chapter of season seven. And people are like, oh, it's out of place. But really we're seeing now it was setting up a much bigger story because we, we talked about that when we covered season seven, about how the Bad Batch arc of season seven felt like a very long, like, pilot pitch. 
And we kind of see now that the Martez sister arc was a little bit of that as well. And I think it's fun that like the two arcs that were prior to the Siege of Mandalore both came together in one show. And I really like that. Because it just feels like very, I don't want to say natural, because they were two separate arcs that had nothing to do with each other. But it's cool seeing those two very different arcs converge into one episode. But knowing that that also came from like the journey of Ahsoka and Rex. Because Rex took uh, the Bad Batch on their journey in Season 7. Ahsoka was with the Martez sisters in their journey in Season 7. And now they're together because of Ahsoka and Rex. Because Ahsoka, uh, you know, I, I talked about this in my, at my Act 3 notes. Ahsoka probably sent Rex to the Martez sisters. Because she couldn't go back to Coruscant. But if Rex needed someplace safe to go, Ahsoka would have been like, I know these two sisters who have nothing to do with the Jedi. They have nothing to do with the Republic go to them and that's probably or, how they met rex or rex was like i need a a tactical droid head and she goes i know some people who can get it for you you know see my oh, thing oh. is i don't think they would have r7 if they didn't have a much longer relationship with rex so like my little fan theory is rex needed some place to go that was safe and ahsoka sent him there which is how they got because it's only been a few months you know, from the end of the war to now, it's we're talking like months. It hasn't been a year. We're talking like maybe three months. So it's not a they lot. Might of us, time. They might have sent our seven. Maybe they sent our seven to hide the information in him, a la R2D2. Maybe. Stick, um, him, stick him in the droid. So I just, it's really, I, I really like that they took these two very very different arcs in season seven and brought them together into one episode because of ahsoka and rex because that it was really like season seven was really their story we talked about that at length when we when we looked back on season seven that the three main characters of clone wars are ahsoka rex and anakin and anakin got his story he finished his story but so season seven was all about ahsoka and rex we had a Rex focus arc first, and Ahsoka focus arc second, and then the third act being the Siege of, the Siege of Mandalore was about both of them and their closure in the episode, in the show. And it's really cool to see like their legacy continuing here with this episode. Well, they 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 progress the characters too because mm-hmm. I'll talk <clears> about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of the episode, yeah, yeah. So, so like they're that the, and that's and it's not like it's not you know paraded out there it's just you by by finding out what they're doing and who they're and what they're working for you see that they've they've progressed in a level that was the conflict between the two of them between so now you see them like in harmony with a goal which is what they needed you know they needed to be aligned on you know whether they were going to be, you know, completely amoral mercenaries or, you know, have a cause. And you can, and we find out. Yep. Yep. Very much so. Um, that's all I have for Act 1. Did you have anything else? No. Now we can, now, now we can get ready to ask me about Act 2. What did you think about Act 2? I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> all right. Act 2. We're more like five minutes, but I'll tell you in a I'll few. Talk- that long shut up and pet your cat (laughs) five minutes isn't long but i don't talk that long anyway act two she tells the editor (laughs) 
I, I actually, I actually like slow your voice to make it at least five minutes. Oh, I thought you slowed my voice so I sound normal to Gene. <laughs> no, I do it so you sound drunk, like they do on that. I can't remember what late night show they do. Hey. We should do a whole episode, like, instead of actually getting drunk, we'll just do an episode where we sl- slow it. It's, they, they slow it down, but they don't change the pitch of the voice. So everybody talks like this. It'll be like a five-minute April Fool's episode. That'll be our next year's April Fool. Oh, no, we'll do the whole episode. We'll do, it, it, it'll be an hour-and-a-half episode, but it'll be three hours long. I was about to say, do you know how long that would be and how many people would yeah. not would just, like, drop out after the first, like, two minutes? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. We're pretty compelling, Hope. I'm going to go into Act 2. <laughs> <laughs> Act 2! <two. laughs> so... Trace has the tactical droid head and is like running away and then she happens to run on the stairs and she runs into the guys and she's just like, oh, hey, I work here. Do you see my outfit? Do you buy that I work here? Okay, I'm going to run the other way now. Okay, bye. And during all this like roughish, just like, hey, little girl with the energy bow pointed at my head. It's okay, just put it down. And she like jumps Omega and wrestles her, but Omega accidentally lets off a shot and it hits like a wall and alerts the real workers working there that some shit's going down. So the real workers are like, ah, fuck, get out. And they all run outside and they completely lock down the factory and they start sending in police droids. And like the Martez sisters are like, oh fuck. And the Bad Batch are like, oh fuck. And they kind of all look at each other like, you know, like, we're kind of against each other, we're facing off, but, like, let's, like, temporarily team up, I guess? Okay, let's just pew-pew things. Anyway, it's a ton of fun. <laughs> because, like, because Rafa is, like, sassing Hunter, and Hunter's like, I didn't do anything to deserve the sass! She's like, you're existing! And Trace is like, I'm lovely! I'm running away, too! Oh my goodness! Ah! And I love them so much. And in the mess of all this happening... The droid head accidentally falls on a conveyor belt. And Omega and Trace are like, we got it! And they both jump onto the conveyor belt, a la, you know, episode two. And they're like running after it. But uh-oh, Omega trips and she gets stuck underneath some junk. And, and Trace takes back the head and jumps off. Meanwhile, in all of this, Echo shuts down the entire facility to override the lockdown. But... They need the main power back on. And they're like, okay, Wrecker, are you ready for your plot point? And Wrecker's like, no, guys, it's really high up. I don't I don't like this plot point, you guys. And they're like, it's really important, Wrecker. He's like, why is it important, guys? And they're like, you know, for a few episodes from now. And Wrecker's like, you know, I, just, I don't, okay, I guess, if it's for the plot. So Wrecker, oh, boy, I just smacked my microphone, sorry. So Wrecker, uh runs at his plot point, which means he has to jump over this, like, thing and swing across to get to the power button on the other side of this walkway. But he hits his head in the process because, oh my god, they're really pushing this thing. And he, but he, he turns on the power in the process, so he, like, lands, like, head first, but he happens to grab the, like, little power lever and gives Echo back all the power. And Wrecker falls over, and he's just like, oh god, 
Ow! Plot points hurt! And good soldiers! 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 <laughs> Everyone's like, Wrecker, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm gonna pass out now. Good night. And he doesn't pass out, but it's fine. But Trace. Trace Martez, everybody. I love her so much. And she has every chance to get out of there. And to, like, to beat the mission. And to get to safety. And she hears Omega screaming for help. And she looks back and she realizes that Omega is stuck and about to fall into a lava pet. And Trace Martez, being just the sweet, amazing, brilliant, young, awesome character that I love so much, goes after her. And Omega is like yelling for Hunter for help. And he... <laughs> and probably my favorite part of the entire episode... Hunter's like, I gotta get down there fast. How do I get down there fast? And he literally destroys the walkway that him and Rafa are on. And Rafa yells at him, going, you fucking maniac! You almost killed me! And I love it. I love Rafa yelling at Hunter for like two-thirds of this episode. It's my favorite thing. And Omega falls into the pit, but luckily there's like... A pile of robots there so she's like not in the lava yet but she's trying to like scramble up the slide side and she's just like i can't get up i can't get up and there's trace and she arrives and she like reaches down and she's like come on i'll help you and omega's like you're gonna save me and trace is like yes because my jedi lesbian girlfriend ahsoka tano taught me to save people because i love ahsoka tano and she's my secret lesbian girlfriend from season seven of clone wars and omega's like okay Please help me. Because <laughs> Hope just had to throw in one time that Trace and Ahsoka are girlfriends. Thank you. Good night. Anyway, so uh, they, they she pulls Omega out of the lava pit and Hunter shows up just in time too. And in a very, very sweet mo moment, Hunter looks directly at Trace and he's like, thank you. And she just smiles and warms up because she's a beautiful ball of sunshine. And she's like, you're welcome. But there's no time for pleasantries, everybody, because they still got to get out of there. And there's more police droids showing up. And the Bad Batch and the sisters decide to team up. Let's fucking go! But in Act 3, what'd you think of Act 2? Must be... I liked it. There you go. There you go. Must be another seven minutes went by. Seven minutes introduced the Martez sisters. Yeah, yeah, that's minutes, exactly how up. I broke down this episode. <laughs> yeah. Roughly. Um, let's see. What do I have here? Ah. One of the factory workers totally had my Patrick Delmore squeaky voice teen voice. Thank you! It, I didn't notice, but I heard it too. Type of, hey, what are you doing in here? I just thought that was hilarious. Um and 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 this just this just brought me back to the prequels because a it was a lot like episode two with the conveyor belt and, and I all absolutely that. have that note too. Is it feels uh, like episode two in the droid factory? But the but this one it's just like it, 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 in part one you go like yeah you don't see a whole bunch of you know robot cops at at once like this and I'm thinking yeah because they wanted the bad batch to just be like go on a you know you can go on a murder spree in in a mm -hmm. in a, a disney plus cartoon if you got a lot of robots especially if it's going to be cops <laughs> i just realized something be robot cops so but so we, we had a lot of robot cops uh. <laughs> and the difference between like 
this and say something like Star Wars Rebels is the human and Rebels were stormtroopers and they're the space Nazis, so it's okay if we shoot them too. Right, right, yeah, they're they're yeah, 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 and yeah. So so yeah, once you see a lot of police droids, it's like oh, a lot of these police droids are gonna dr- gonna die, and and you know by the time we get to part three, it gets even better than that. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, that's all I really had for for. For part two, this was like the action. This was the action part, and 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 I and I like how they're they're all starting to appreciate each other because they sort of identify with you know they they're obviously identifying with each other, and mm-hmm. Trace and and usually in these tough guy situations like you could have a similar situation with Fennec Shand where they might have to team up to get out of a situation and stuff, but Trace and Rafa are just way less jaded and like you know, tough galaxy people. So they're instantly like, just like, all right, these guys are all right. You know, they they don't have that steely eyed cynicism of we're like, maybe we, you know, we'll get out of this, but maybe we're going to have to shoot them in the head, you know, that usually you have in these situations. So that's, it's refreshing, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. That's um, all I, I really got. So I understand why they're in the workers outfits, but Rest in peace, Rafa and Trace's amazing fur coat and pilot jacket. I miss yeah. it. <laughs> Not the best outfits for action, though. You know, running running through a, a factory well, full of. They're also like, undercover. Like they, they, you know, they're they're trying to blend right. in with the other. Fa- if, if the Bad Batch weren't there, they would have either, like honestly they just picked up the head and walked out the door. Yeah, but the yeah, Bad yeah, Batch yeah. There. <laughs> So, but like I. I, I want to own Trace's jacket. Like, that's a dream jacket of mine. And I also, I, I actually saw a jacket that was like almost exactly Rafa's in Target. And I stared at it for a very long time and talked myself out of buying it. So, like, I love both of their coats so much. RIP those coats because I miss you. Uh, I'm going to get my little notes out of the way. Um, like I said, Rafa screaming at Hunter because he almost killed her is literally my favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> Where she like lands on the conveyor belt, and she's like, "You fucking maniac!" <laughs> like, That's I, exactly what she said. I am here for Rafa Martez, just like screaming at Hunter. I love it. Now you're more. now you're in the Mandela effect world, all swearing Star Wars Yoda world. Oh, oh, you know, if this wasn't a Disney Plus like PG show, she would have been like, "You." Son of a bitch! I'm gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> like she would have been raging at him, cause she already she was like kid raging at him, and I loved it. Um, so I love that Trace and Rafa are the embodiment of the lesson Echo was teaching Omega at the beginning. To get better at a skill, you have to practice it. So. The reason I wrote this down was in comparison to where they are in season seven of Clone Wars, because Trace and Rafa are still fuck ups, and that I love that they're flawed and I love that they're fuck ups. But remember how we were talking about like how green they were in season seven yeah. because like they were just learning the underworld and they really didn't get it, and they were just pretending to be bigger than they were and they had no idea how to actually deal with the pikes. Um, it's it's clear that they've grown. Because they've and, been practicing well, this way of life, but they're also like instead of being like this like selfish, they're they're doing it for a cause, which means they have well, more structure. Yeah. 
they're they're both on the same team now. They're both they're both in, on the they're both on the same page now. You mm-hmm. know, before before they were you know, they were torn between having an ideology that was just like pure mercenary or having a cause, and now they're both on on the same page. So they might still be green, but they're going to do a lot better because they're not working at odds of of, of each other. Yeah, because. One of my notes is Trace Emily Omega is exactly why I love her. She's always been that golden heart, one of the duo, even before Ahsoka arrived. Like, she was the heart. While while Rafa was the older sister just trying to survive. She was trying to figure out a way to help her sister survive, while Trace was always the more idealistic one of the two. And we're seeing it here, like... And I, I bet being in the... Okay, I, I should say, we don't actually know if they're in the Rebellion. All we know is that they know Rex, and they're fighting for a cause against the Empire. Um, but we don't, but at this time, there is no formal rebellion at this time, um, because that's what Rebels is about. <laughs> um, but it's now, now that they're on the same page, it's clear that they're very different, especially Rafa. I really like seeing Rafa's growth since then, because she's clearly had more practice of breaking away from that self preservation, self preservation, pers- self-preservation she's not in it for herself hope can't talk um instead that she is fighting for a cause which has actually kind of made her a lot more warm i i really actually enjoyed that conversation she has with rex at the end because she's actually that's probably the softest we've ever seen rafa was talking just very respectfully to rex being like hey we found something that that would interest you and i love seeing this growth in them but a lot of that is the practice of being in this way of life and also being being in the structure of working in the rebellion. And it very much is the lesson that Echo was trying to teach Omega in the beginning. You have to have practice and structure to be the best version of something. Well, they've also gone and, and there's a there's an orphan theme to it too. They're both mm-hmm. they're both orphaned and like now they have you know, they're probably forming a family, you know, a family you know, a family unit now and that's giving them structure and you know a reason to do anything other than just like getting enough money for themselves you know money for themselves oh that's also interesting because we were talking about that in act one with um bolo and catch you know saying that like now these are like their bar family but the the bachelor's starting to kind of get that too like i wouldn't say since their family yet but they're starting to get that structure as well and like getting those allies to the bad the bad batch at at the at the very least say they they've always had the family because they've got each other they've got a unit that that like but their unit was part of the republic so in a way like they have been orphaned now too right they they have yes yes on on a on a larger yes 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 true so in a way, like Trace and Rafa are like really, g- kind of like just like the same on the other side of the same coin as the Bad Batch. Like they are all part of this similar kind of thing. Um, Hope got distracted because baseball is on mute behind her. Sorry, because <laughs> baseball is back, baby. We're back here now. Um, welcome back to Baseball Hell, everybody. This is now Jake Guys and Jedi, a baseball podcast. Ah! Um, no, it's not really. No. No. Um, and the only other <laughs> note is I've said it for three weeks and I'm going to say it again I really enjoyed the slow game that they're building with Wrecker um, it's it's just like waiting for the Hulk to wake up and you know that yeah. the Hulk is coming but he's got to get here as, it, as we see scary. in the next act it gets yeah they, they, they and they keep 
just notching it up and this time they make it explicit yes this is definitely where we're going with this so so yeah. something that's really interesting and, and i'm going to mention this in act three as well like they, they notch it up in a very interesting way but i didn't realize how interesting it was until i had my subtitles on Oh, and that might be a similar to my note, and I didn't have subtitles on, but like I might have picked up, we might have picked up on the same thing. I'm interested to see what that is now. Well, I'm done with my act two notes. You want to wrap this puppy up? Yeah, let's do it. I think it's in my drink. Mm. I'm very sad because they seem to have decommissioned my fizzy waters that I drink every podcast. They I'm gonna decommissioned them they just stopped making them is that what you're saying as of right now because they were all closed out and they 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 said that they're discontinued but now the yeah. kroger's gave me power chris because every time i shop there i can fill out a little survey and every survey yeah. i fill out i'm going to ask for them well that happened my that don't be don't think it's tilting at windmills because my roommate did that with our local Wegmans once and was just like a lot of people like this and like blah, 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 blah. And, I'm hoping and, uh, it's and just she was like probably a... one of many, she was obviously one of many but they got they they, they brought it back because enough people said something so I'm hoping it's just like a like a supply chain thing I'm just hoping. just change your name every time right hope Mullinex nope Mullinex nope, <laughs> my, my mystery child nope nope Mullinex <laughs> yeah, no, no, Mullinex, and then Mullinex, and Mullinex. What was it? Uh, uh, hope along Mullinex. Ho hope Mucinex. No, you said something like Hope along Calamity or something like that at the beginning. <laughs> hope along Cassidy. Nah, <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. So, anyway, Act Three. Act Three. So, the Bad Batch and the Smart Test Sisters are teaming up to fight the police droids, but Wrecker is still out of commission. And thanks to the subtitles on Disney Plus, Wrecker is hearing Crosshair's voice inside of his head, telling him that good soldiers follow orders, and Wrecker is fighting Crosshair's voice inside his head. Which is very interesting to see that it was Crosshair saying that. Um, but during all this, the Bad Batch and the Martis sisters are trapped, and more and more police droids are on their way, and they're just like, what are we gonna do? And they're like, we need to make the best, dumbest joke about Echo's name. And Trace is like, okay, I can do that. Echo, do you hear Echo? And he's like, I'm Echo. And she's like, that was great. I love everybody in this room. I have a plan. So we are surrounded by battle droids and we have a tactical droid. So what if we make the tactical droid come do the fight the police droids? And everyone's like, this is crazy. Can you do it? And tech, like, tech like moves Hunter to the side. He's like... I can do it. I got my moments squished in Act 1, but I'm here now, bitches. I am Tech of the Bad Batch, and I will do the thing. So Tech and, like, Trace get to reprogramming the tactical drive. But they're still being surrounded, and more more police droids are coming in, and Omega's scared when she calls for Wrecker. And Omega's voice gets through to Wrecker and breaks the trance. And he jumps down there from a very high height. So I guess when he's jumping into battle, it's fine with heights. And he jumps down in there and he's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck shit up. And then starts wrecking them like the almost Hulk he'll be in a few episodes. And he gives them just enough time. Because Tech and Trace get the tactical droid up. And they activate all of the delightful battle droids. And they're all like, 
hey, we're back to life now. What are we doing here? And they're like, you should go attack them, but not the clones. We like them now. And the battle droids are like, orders are orders. Attack. And some of them jump off the conveyor belts onto the police droids like literal spider monkeys. And just like wrap Straight out of Karelia. Fuck the police. <laughs> a cab. Anyway, um, and the mar so like so all of our heroes see that this like distraction of battle droids is working. So they run out of run run out of the building. But as they're running out in the midst of the fray, the tactical droid gets hit by a blaster and shot straight out of Trace's hand, and it's destroyed. So all of their work is for nothing. But the Martez sister arrives thanks to Ahsoka's droid R7. And Hunter's like, that's a nice droid. And Trace is like, thanks, it belonged to my lesbian girlfriend, Asuka Tano, who I love very much and is now in hiding and I miss her. And they're like, cool, give us a ride to safety. And so they all jump on the ship and they fly away. But on their ship, Rafa's like, I'm sorry, you guys didn't know who you were giving that information to for Sid's buyer? And they were like, nope. And Trace is like, I'm sorry, but our contacts, our contact really needed that you know our contact that is cough cough probably rex or ahsoka but definitely rex if we look at the end of the episode cough cough he really needed that to fight against the empire but we're not going to tell you it's rex because then echo over here is going to like pee himself because he's like the biggest rex fanboy and echo's like you said rex and they're like no we didn't honey sit down and he's like oh so trace and rafa is pretty much like guys you have to stop sitting on the fence because shit's starting to get real so they drop off the Bad Batch and Omega is just like, can we be bestest friends forever? I love you all so much. And Trace and Ruffer are like, we literally love you too, small child. Please text us every day and make sure that you're okay because we love you too. And we're going to make sure you're okay. So during all the like tactical droid reprogramming chip, Tech used a data rod, I think they're called. I hope doesn't look up the technical terms because she doesn't care enough. Uh, it's like a rod with data. And Hunter's it's called like, a daydildo. A dildo. You scrape. What's that sound? You scraping the bottom of that barrel? <laughs> um, I live there. Yeah, I scrape it every day. This is my barrel. It sustains me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's remind stinky me? down here. So Hunter's like, hey, Rafa, I have this data rod that tech used on the tech droid because it has, like, information on it. Here. You can have this. And Rafa's like, why the fuck are you giving me this? And he's like, you know, it's hard right now. Like, it's been, like, it's it was easier being a soldier. But you know what you said about, like, fit sitting, like, really got through to me? And I think I'm going to do something about it in, like, next season. I'll do something about it next season. But it really did get through to me. Okay, bye. And he, like, leaves. And Rafa's like, that's weird, but at least we got this. So, the Martez sisters get on their ship, and then they go and make their Zoom call, and it's a mysterious person. And Rafa's like, hey, mysterious person, just FYI, we ran into some clones, and they were special clones, and we know that they're on Ord Montel, so you should go find them, because, like, I think you'd, like, really like them. And it's Rex. They call Rex. We, we, we find out that they call Rex, but we won't find that out officially for like another few episodes. But Rex is like, cool, I'll go find them. Bye. Also, Ahsoka says hi, Trace. And, and Trace is like, oh, Ahsoka, I love you and I miss you. And Ahsoka's in the background like, I love you too. 
have fun and be safe. I'm really proud of you. And Trace is like, I'm proud of you too, girlfriend. And Rex is like, do I need to leave? And they're like, no, it's fine. <laughs> and that's the end. And then Trace calls her girlfriend and they have a really lovely chat together. The end. All right. So, okay. My, my shallow <laughs> notes first. Thanks for letting me off there for a second. <laughs> I like the, the, uh, the the cheesy corny who's on first echo joke it somehow works it's i some, i love it it's, it's so really dumb. corny but it it, it somehow it's, works it's just it's just the right i would have act, uh, if i was reading that script i would have magic markered it out and i would have been wrong to do it it's, um, it's just the right amount of stupid yeah it's just it's just it's right t- time just right to get away with it um i like at the end when the Martez, I can't remember which Martez sister it is, pats a droid and she gives Wrecker a pat on the shoulder too. And he just is like, what? Well, okay. You know, but she's just like, yeah. Cause it's, she, it's when, 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 when Wrecker first comes down, she's just like, yeah, I like this guy. He's it's just, just, so, so, and, and I, I, that also just reminded me like the, the bad batch don't even have, a, you know, like, Wrecker wasn't all like just like oh gee thanks ma'am or whatever they don't even have a, a like uh they, they are like 10 year old kids they don't even have a like conception of girls they're just like they whatever. probably have they're, never been like hugged before so like that yeah, kind of they, thing they don't know like, anything about it so they're they're all like, like, you, oh, you, you think record would be just sort of like oh there's cute girls around you know or whatever you know i mean but but it's fun. It just it's not even it's not even in the equation. It's just kind of hilarious, and 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 the Martez sisters really are way are you know older and more complicated than them because they're 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 <laughs> normal people who you know live twice as long as the Bad Batch. <sighs> Sorry, I got a little ant on my <sighs> finger, and I'm trying to blow him off without killing him. All right. Driving me. We have these tiny little ants, and they come into our house every spring, and just randomly, one of them, one of them got on me in the morning, and then I was at work, and like five hours later, I saw him running across the top of my glasses, and I'm just like, God damn it! How long have you been on me? He just wanted some barbecue. He, he and, and he talked like all your all your animals. He was like, Hey, everybody! Hey, I'm you. I, I just want to get. I want to find my way back to the ant. I'm just trying to order some catering for my 20,000 brothers and sisters. Where can I... Do you take tiny debit cards? I know what you were saying. (laughs) Yes. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Why couldn't they just make another copy of the Battle Droid Head? Couldn't they just be like, we'll meet you up in space and, and, you know, we get our money and you get your, you know... Plot... yeah, they because <laughs> at that point they were just hanging around talking. You know, they're like, "Let's go, hey, let's have a little chat here." You know, I I, but, I will say Hunter is not the smartest one of the group, and I'm sure when they got back onto the ship and was flying away, Tech was like, "Where's my data rod? I'm ready to make a copy for them." And Hunter's just like, "I, I was Fuck I was me. half expecting Tech to go like, oh, good thing I made a backup, you know, or something like that." But no, no, no it, I think it's the complete opposite. Where Tech is like, "You." You what, Hunter? You're you're such an idiot. And he was just like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, Hunter's smart, but I don't think he's like brilliant. Like, he's just that, that. Like, he's not himbo, but he's also not brilliant. Like, he is just that average, and just probably didn't think about it. What I what I like now is is they've sort of established that battle droids now 
are neutral, which they are. Battle droids are are they're they're battle droids, but now everybody realizes that everybody loves battle droids now. That it's more fun to like, ah, we'll just use the battle droid. Yeah, they're battle droids. We'll just use them for our own for on our side now. <laughs> and then it's like, yay, our goofy little disposable buddies, you know, and they're on our side too. And you it, know, it's so. also kind of nice in the wake of the Mandalorian with the whole like reprogramming like IG eighty yeah. eight or IG eleven scene, I should say, and like to show that like he's not really bad. He's just however he's programmed. It's it's how you're programmed. Okay, so my okay, so this is a note that maybe we cross on. This was Wrecker's first glitch, you know. It, it was his first real glitch where they where they're explicit of like, oh yeah, his chip's glitching because he's saying the line, you know, he's mm-hmm. doing the every good boy de- deserves fudge line. And uh and okay, so this is what I noticed, and uh, I'm wondering if this is what came through on the the, the subtitles is um um tech i think it was tech was trying to you know trying to get a hold of him and you know like wrecker you gotta get gotta get back here so when he's glitching and at one point doesn't don't you hear tech's voice say you know all good what is it followers isn't that in so i got the impression that he was glitching and like tech is like wrecker you got to get down here and what he's hearing in his head is uh, good soldiers follow orders in See, tech's that's, voice that's where the um disney subtitles came through because it wasn't tech's voice it was crosshairs oh so they okay, actually but... wrote out like like crosshair is it like because you okay. know when, like, when someone talks off screen they'll let you know in subtitles who's talking yeah so uh, it was Crosshair saying that, not Tech. But that's interesting, uh, though. That would be interesting if it did change the words, because it makes sense. Because Wrecker was struggling until he heard Omega's voice, right? Who was right. Very different. And um, then he was just like, "Nope, okay." <laughs> yeah, and, that, okay, and that's friend. what brings it back. Um, but I, I thought it was really interesting. But I, I wow, I kind of wish they didn't, they didn't clarify, because that would be interesting if he was hearing text voice and it changed text voice. But but no, like um, they're all Deep Bradley Baker, so it like oh yeah, it's not very hard. Uh, it, yeah, and and, and 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 yeah, and Tech and Crosshairs are both in the like higher, the higher register range. voices. Yeah. yeah, so. But yeah, I I thought he was just it was just his chip making everything that he heard just that, but. It's yeah, it's a, it's just as creepy it being Crosshair's voice. Mm-hmm, Cause that's the one that they lost. Yeah, but that's all I got for Act Three. Um, so you know how remember like way 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 back it was like what like episode ten or something of Jackass and Jedi or something. You said that season one episode Bombad Jedi of Clone Wars was your episode of Dave Filoni giving fanboys the middle finger about Jar Jar. Yes. This is my Bombad Jedi with the Martez sisters. Yeah. See, I missed the. I missed any of the. I missed any of the. Any kind of like the Martez sisters. Like, I. I don't. I'm not in any like groups of people that are talking about the the animations and stuff, and I think I'm better off for it because I just it just it just didn't happen for me. So I just thought of them as two characters and and, and nothing scandalous about them, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, I just 
it's not a hard like YouTube search to like find like fandom Mendes bros like oh, raging I'm, about the Martez sisters. I know. I just don't have the time in the day to, yeah. to deal with them, you know. But I know that you're you're in you're in younger uh, groups of younger people and groups that of that are discussing this stuff. <laughs> I just like I stay away. I get a little bit of it and some of the Star Wars, just Star Wars. But that's usually the more, you know, the people that are griping are griping more in the mainstream stuff of griping about, you know, the sequel trilogy or stuff. I don't yeah. get same bros. I don't get the animation stuff, but I know, I, you know, I can imagine what it is, but I just, you know, to me, their characters just seem like two very, you know, they were along with any other characters in the in the Filoni verse, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But this yeah. is my bomb bad Jedi. It's just yeah. the creators being like, the Martez sisters are here. Fuck yeah. you, middle, middle fingers all the way up. So, um, in big letters, I just wrote, I love battle droids. <laughs> just the note. I love battle droids. <laughs> with, with Disney, it's sort of like, we're here. We aren't going to commit to being queer, but we're not going to like. I love you. That is the Disney. That is the way. (laughs) That is the Disney way. We're going to sit on this fence so hard that you could call us Hunter. (laughs) We're here. We're possibly queer. We're we're not going away. Um, I'm going to get through my little notes first. Mostly because I know I've already covered like parts of my big my big notes, so I need to actually read it to see like what we've already covered. Um. I do like the nice little bit of foreshadowing for the season one finale because Rafa says that everyone chooses sides eventually. And of course we know in the season one finale that Crosshair chooses to stay with the empire. Uh, so I just, I like that little nice, like little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, one of my favorite things about Omega is every time she meets a person, whether it's Finnick Shan or the little girl that was captured last episode, or the Martez sisters, or Hera in a few episodes. She's just like, can we hang out sometimes? I love you. We are friends now. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite things about Omega. <laughs> Where she's just like, you should come find us on Ordmantel and hang out. And they're like, okay. <laughs> because she's an ener- she's a she's a knowledge vampire. She's just like, <laughs> I will learn from all of you. But also, I think, like, I, I remember thinking about this yeah, episode, no, she's like... Um, new friends. Let's and it's get also a house very, together. It's also a very different, like, vibe, because, like, she's always around, like, four guys all the time. So it is would, would be different for her to be around, like, girls or, like, non-binary people yeah. and stuff like that, because it's just a different experience. And um, I, I just, I want to see, like, more of, like, Omega with, like, Rafa and Trace and, like, Hera and stuff like that. That's just something I want to see more of. Um, I kind of already said this, but I'm going to say it again. Um, sometimes I love to muse about how Rex met Trace and Rafa and how, like, after they buried out the clones and Ahsoka's like, I know these people who can keep you safe for a while, but I can't go back to Coruscant because it's dangerous for me. And, like, one night, like, Trace and Rafa are working on the Silver Angel and they're just having dinner together in their little hangar home. And somebody shows up. And he's all ragged. And, the, and Rafa's just like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, Ahsoka sent me. 
And then they're like, Ahsoka, is she okay? We heard about the Jedi. And Rex brings over R7. With like, and they, he holds him out. He's like, I need you to repair him because it's a gift from Ahsoka. But I also need to stay somewhere safe because I have nowhere else to go. And they're like, okay. And then that's how they all became friends. And then Rex ate noodles with them. Well, yeah, Ahsoka really has very few, you know, connections, you know, solid connections that we, haven't gotten wiped out or, you know, and she was an outcast from the, Je- the Jedi we, are gone for the most we part. We talked anyway, about so that when we talked about the Martez. Might want to get them together, you know, to, for strength. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that when we talked about the Martez sister arc is it was good for her to meet them because with Order 66 on the horizon, she's about to lose Padme, Anakin, Obi-Wan. Really, the only p- person that she had outside of that initial group was Lux Terry. Fucking Lux Terry. <laughs> and possibly Saul right. Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But as, also... As much as Ahsoka. anybody in Saul Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, Ahsoka kind of, like, let his sister die. So that probably... Like, not that she let Stila die, but, like, she was injured and, like, accidentally dropped Stila when she got injured. So oh, yeah. No, I mean, Saul just by probably, Saul, Saul's personality, yeah. Saul would have been like, you killed my sister. Get out. Or I'm that's his you. Like, main, that, Yeah, that's his, like driving flame so yeah <laughs> yeah so like we, we talked about how it was so important for Ahsoka to have people outside of Padme and people outside the order because she lost like 99.9% of everybody she knew in like a sweeping blow and so all she really has at this point is Trace Rafa Rex and somewhere off in the universe Lux Monterey <laughs> Yeah. So like she she can literally count her fa- her friends on one hand now. Um so it's I I just love to like think about like Rex like sitting in their little hangar like with a like a shock blanket around them and they're just like giving him tea and like he's just like crying and they're like it's okay Rex and like the like in the background like Trace is like fixing up R7 and they're coming up with a plan of like how to help Ahsoka and like uh uh I need to write the I need to write this fanfic sometime. <laughs> Anyway, um, I also have a funny story. Um, I can't remember what podcast friend it was, but I remember this very distinctly because it killed me. So there were so many theories about who the mysterious person was at the end. And so, like, you know, you heard your Bell Organa's because it was like a cloak and it was kind of swishy. People, of course, thought like Ahsoka because she had connections to the Martez sisters. But I had this one friend who swore it could not be Rex. And she was like, it can never be Rex. And her co-podcaster was like, why not? And, and her answer was, because he's wearing a poncho. No, they're all, they all could be wearing a poncho because they're <laughs> all undercover. What is? And so, like, when the Rex episode came out, like, there's actually an episode of her being like, I never thought about him taking off the poncho. <laughs> She's like, I apologize because I never thought about, hey, he could take off the poncho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was something that was not on her radar. And I it's, think that's about that. uh, one of the, the nature of ponchos. I know. It is just one of those things that makes me laugh every time I Who's see Who's ever Rex heard the of the poncho. permanent poncho? poncho? I know. I know. It's just, it always makes me laugh every time I see Rex and his stupid poncho. I'm just being but like. I, no, but I, I understand your lot. It's TV logic, you know? And it's also like, it's you like, know, yeah, but they, but the, they the would the have to make a character model. Design. 
Yeah. Yeah, and they would have to make a whole character model for it and blah blah blah. Like there's there's I get it too. Like I totally get the TV logic of it, but it's so just funny of just being like, that can't be Rex, he wears a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. I need to read my big note. Yeah, we talked about that. Talked yeah, about I mean, that. they probably discussed about like what's the most vague way we could make this so it could be any, so it could be any one of four or five characters, and they're just like, yeah, just a draped piece of fabric. <laughs> that's know? actually why a lot of people thought it was Bill Organa because I think it's an. It might be in Rebels. I can't remember though exactly, or it might be Rogue One. Um, he's wearing kind of like I don't want to say it's a shawl because it's not a shawl, but this kind of like drapey fabric over his outfit. I can't remember. He always sort of he 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 yeah. sort of did. He had a cape in in the a cape. In, there's the word I was looking for. He was wearing a cape. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like yeah. So like Bale was, and we, and we know that Bale like helped Ahsoka form Fulcrum and stuff like that, and like he's a big rebellion leader because we know that from Rebels. So like Bale Organa was like really a big main leader player, and like that's that theory circle. Leader player. Um, leader player. Um. Okay. So we've. Sounds like German clothes. I'm wearing my leader player. Okay. So I had wow. to read. Uh, no, 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 sorry. I have like this like one, two, three, four, five, six, the seven point big note of this, this, but I'm like, we've already talked about half of this. So I'm not going to rehash it. So I had to like see what we had already talked about. So, um, so the, my last note of this is I like how the Martez sisters and like gave the dilemma of the rest of the season. Like they gave the Bad Batch their dilemma for the rest of the season and something that comes up again and again because this is actually like a big point of contention for Echo for the rest of the season and he bu- he bumps heads with Hunter about this for the rest of the season. And essentially it's like you can either walk this middle path and scam by while the galaxy goes to hell around you or you can actually choose a side to fight for. And we see this come out a few times when Rafa's like, why aren't you fighting with the Empire, your clones? And he's like, well, we're different clones. And then when Hunter actually gives her the data rod, she's like, oh, you are different clones. You should do something about this. And it's it sets the seeds in motion for the rest of the season that I can almost promise you we're going to start see- seeing in season two start growing. Because Hunter's not ready for this yet. He's still scared. He's still confused. The world is very rapidly changing around him, and he has Omega and the Bad Batch to take care of, and he's already lost Crosshair. So I understand his hesitation of not wanting to jump like full rebellion yet. He just got this brand new job with Sid, who he doesn't even really know, and is kind of blackmailing them anyway. And so I, I get Hunter's hesitation, which sets up the dilemma for the rest of the season, because he wouldn't have handed over the data rod if it wasn't the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do, and he did it, because it's for a bigger cause. This is where I also kind of hate it, because, okay, I don't hate it here in this episode, because it sets up the season. What I hate is, this happens for the rest of the season, <laughs> and it drives me bonkers, that Hunter sits on the fence and waffles and makes the rest of the Bad Batch waffle while Echo's like, we should call Rex and go do things. We are not mercenaries. We are fucking soldiers and we are designed to help people Hunter. And Hunter's like, let's take the next job for Sid. But, so like, it's it's this kind of double-edged sword. On one hand, I get it. And I like that Hunter is a little hesitant because everything's happening quickly. What I don't like is it happens for like seven more episodes. (laughs) 
Yeah, sometimes guys are kind of annoying like that. You know, but it's stubbornly a TV like wishy washy. Yeah, it's I know. It's a TV I know. show. <laughs> I know. It's it's one thing if it's real life. It's a TV show. Things have to fucking and I, and I think what annoyed me more in this and I've said this multiple times since we've started Bad Batch. I'm excited to get into the, to see the back half of the season a second time because it annoyed me the first time I watched it because we didn't know there was going to be a second season. We didn't know if it was a standalone show. So like not knowing there was a second season coming, it really pissed me off. I don't know if it's going to piss me off as much this time because I know that there is a second season coming. So we'll see. We'll see if I like we'll it. Or not. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm either going to like it or I'm not. So we'll see. But that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? I do not. Score up the episode, Chris. Well, it was cruising for an eight, and then the battle droids popped up, and so it got an, it got an extra half point, so I gave it an 8.5. Hey, we're on target with each other. Yes. I also gave it an 8.5 because, like, this... W- this would have been a standard, like kind of a standard episode, if not for my fucking Martez sisters. I love Trace and Rafa. I love my girls. It's such a delight to see them. I love eating fanboy tears. Like, you guys can cry all you want. I love Trace and Rafa. Thematically, what, th- what they did thematically in Clone Wars was, we talked about this, they were the point of the entirety of the series. Here in Bad Batch, thematically, they are where the Bad Batch are probably going to end up. <laughs> right, right. They represent they've solved that. the problem that the, they've so, they've already solved the problem amongst themselves that the bad batch need to solve now. They had the same yeah. problem and they've worked past it. Yeah. So if you want to see probably where the show is going, look at the Martez sisters. So I gave it an eight point five two. I love Tristan Rafa. Every time they show up, I'm just like, give me more. I love them so much. I, uh, huh. I. I. I that's I, I. me speaking in my uh, um, galaxy far, far away voice. <laughs> I, I thought you were like making like a pirate reference, and then I, no, my G, brain just no G A E L I C Y the far yes I I it just made me go like I need to watch the gay pilot pirate show. Everybody's watching the gay pirate show, and I need to watch the gay pirate show. There's but, a gay pirate show. Our flag means death. Oh. Art. Um, it stars Taika Waititi as Blackbeard, and it's literally gay pirates written for gay people. And it's apparently, like, really good, and it blew HBO <laughs> out of the water with ratings, and I hope it gets a second season, and I'm waiting for it to come on Plex so I can watch it myself. So, anyway, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from the Facebook page for our episode of The Mandalorian, The Reckoning. And I will say I didn't put it all here because this was also the episode we sang happy birthday to Gene, but Gene was like giving us thanks. And he was like, thanks, even though Hope Song was scary. <laughs> I hope there's a Bad Batch episode someday called The Reckoning, but with a W. Oh, that would be great. All right. So Aaron Henley says, Moff Gideon is such a great villain. He doesn't even climb and drop out of his tie. He makes the thing fold itself so he can just step out. Oh, yes. Yes, he's dignified and and villain still ticked about the shadow troopers and their garbled vocabularies. look i get the need for encrypted communication and special forces unit but this is for the entertainment and 
if the audience but this is for entertainment and if the audience has no clue what they're saying without subtitles it lowers the impact of the storytelling i guess if unless it really i guess maybe it doesn't matter what they're saying you know so so they just worked it more into um their their voices being more um oh uh, what am i trying to say um more atmospheric you know than than actual you know they could have been just saying like there they are get them <laughs> you know or to the right there's one to the right or something like that it might not have like that so they were just like yeah so we'll just go with the more of the you know general mood of it than that will make them make them it, it, maybe it was more important to make them seem more you know like alien I I totally get what Aaron's saying. Um, I think it just depends on the person. Like it doesn't bother me, but I could I could definitely say it bothers somebody else. Um, it was not a bother to me, so I think it's fine. You know, it's also fine candy, sustainably sourced cocoa. So if you don't know what we're doing, Chris, I talked about our candy at Two Two One Beacon Two during the How to Podcast panel, and I was like, yeah, people say that they hate when people eat on the podcast, and we did. We directly disobey that. <laughs> we do it every week, and and, and and we plan on it. And yep. we've made it part of the show. Yes. Because Chris hates American Kit Kats, so our friend Dario sends us candy from all over the world to review. This is the stupidest package to open. Why aren't you opening? And this year, this year, this week, we have the Kit Kat Chunky Peanut Butter Bar, and it's from Turkey. I want to oh. call it Kit Kat Chunky, but. Oh. It is. It is a chunky Kit Kat. It's basically sort of like two Kit Kats melded into one. With and a layer of peanut butter on top. I'm not going to lie. It's exactly like I imagined it would be. Yeah. It is It is a melding of peanut butter cup and Kit Kat. It's a little extra can... peanut buttery than I thought. Like it's almost like overwhelming the wrapper. The peanut butter. And the peanut butter isn't as sweet as America. It's, it's a little more peanutty and I don't want to say bitter because peanuts aren't bitter, but it's just not, it, but it is very creamy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it too. I think I'm really hungry, so I'm going to eat this whole There's damn thing. There's a savory flavor that I feel at the back of my throat. That I think I don't it's like. feel with candy. I think it's because it's Turkish chocolate too. It's not like overly sweet because they don't make their chocolate overly sweet like we do. No. No, actually, we've had, as we've said before, we've had insanely good luck with turkey. With turkey, and candy. yeah. Yeah, Turkish candy has been very <clears throat> delicious, delicious, and like not. This is gonna get really weird, I guess, in the description, but not like, like a lot of times, like when you're getting into Belgium and France and stuff like that, it's kind of like, ooh, fancy chocolate. But the Turkish chocolate just seems like fun, you know, can, you know, corner store candy, but it is also like kind of fancy and has a has a, a nuanced flavor to it, if that's not too pretentious, but still fun. It's the Turkish candy has been amazing. Mm. I love yeah. it. We've yet to have a bad one. So. Yeah. 
Uh, Ulker, Ulker is that brand. All the Ulker mm, Turkish yeah. candies had have been just mwah, perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. I'm I'm eating this entire thing. I don't even I'm, care. I was just gonna say I'm going to continue to eat this. So sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm. No eating in podcast. Usually people. I save some for like my roommate, but I am literally like licking the inside of the wrapper. Since so. it has peanut butter in it, I'm going to actually take a drink for the reader, for the reader, for the listeners. Uh, so I'm just not, so my mouth isn't just so cakey, but. Mm. No, no, listeners, you have to read it yourself. You have to read where you can find us yourself. That's the new rules because we're eating these Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah, this. So, Those sorry, are the rules we, we just made up. <laughs> we, did, we didn't. We didn't include them in on the 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 Google, whatever Google Share or Google Documents we're doing. Docs, docs yeah. Google Docs. They're not shared in, so I'll tell them where I'm from. I will say it's always fun, like when we have like um somebody who's listens to the show and then they come on the show and they see the like the the outline for the first time and. I remember the first time that uh, Arzu saw the outline, she was like, this is way more organized than what I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's, the, Yeah, there is an actual structure to our show, but <laughs> that's the fun thing about our show is you can listen to it week, week after week, and it still sounds, it sounds like we're just fucking faking it, but we got a whole, we, we yeah, we've got a whole. Seven page long outline every week. Outline, it's consistent every week. Yep. Anyway, you know what's also consistent? Second. Me asking me asking where people can find you. You can find me at com, where we keep all our podcasts, including the J Guys and Jedi, with distinct segments and musical cues and all the things that distinguish a... Ah, uh, <clears throat> oh, what a crappy burp. Classy podcast. You can also keep up with us on facebook where on the two true freaks podcast page we post all the podcasts that everybody's doing and in the two true freaks cantina where you can go and hang out and if you feel so inclined you can go to you can go to see the the two true freaks on twitter and that twitter page is run by the by Gene Gene, the fastest ears in the West, Hendrix machine. I thought you were about to say the uh, Fast and the Furious machine. <laughs> and I was like, because we're all family. He's fast. He's not ge- generally, he's rarely furious. <laughs> zoom, zoom, well, zoom, 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 Gene. She's usually pretty laid back, Gene. The fast and the laid back. He's fat, fast yet laid back. Anyway, that's what I they feel like there, there's a joke somewhere in there, but I'm coming up with nothing. <laughs> I'm like, there, there I, I, has I'm to sorry, be a joke I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be asking you where, where where they can find you, but I'm too busy making out with this candy bar. Mm. Oh, oh, I've already done all Rapper. my making out with my candy bar, so it's good. It's good. I can talk about it myself. By the way, you should say when yeah. I was on the How to Podcast panel, I said a lot of very lovely things about you. Oh, I know. I did. The one you didn't record. I know, of course. <laughs> I did mention hey, you. In, I think I know I mentioned you in one of the Star Wars panels. I don't remember which one though, so you'll just have to listen to find out, Chris. Um. Anyway, 
I mentioned you. I mentioned you at work to my other coworker named Hope. I said I'd do a podcast with. Now I know two Hopes. She's only the second Hope I've ever met. When she's a so. teenager, she was like, okay. <laughs> this one's a. I think this one's a. I can't tell. I think this one's a teenager too. I think this one's friends with my boss's younger daughter, but. Like, I'm so old, I can't tell when people are, like, you know, 25 and younger. They all look like, they just all look like brand new sprout babies to me. They just seem like they're right off the press. Just like, ha! (laughs) I'm getting getting to that point, too. Because my my person, okay, here's the thing. I always forget what Timothy Chalamet looks like. I never, it never sticks in my head what this man looks like. And every time I see him, I'm like, look at this 13-year-old boy. He's 26. <laughs> and right, then I, right. And then I forget what he looks like again. Because I think it's because, like, I've never seen anything he's been in. Except for I hear people talk about him. Is he Charmelay? Sh- I can't, Sh- Charmelay. I can't even say his name right. Charmelay. Charmelay. Um, Timothy Chalamet, I hear people talking about him all the time, so I, like, I have this image in my head of what he looks like, and every time I see him, I'm just like, you don't look like how you should. <laughs> and I have no idea who he is, and he always looks like a baby to me. And I'm like, look at you, sweet baby. You're 26. You look 16. <laughs> I have no concept of you. Um, you can find me at jguysandjedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Mullinex on Twitter. Um, that's actually where I tweet a lot of my Star Wars stuff. I should probably tweet more Star Wars stuff from our podcast thing, but you know what? I don't because I like to. I don't know. I I'm dumb at things. Um, I'm also a writer for the Geeky Waffle. Uh, you can read all my work over there, and occasionally you will find me over on Space Waffles with my friend Arzu, and it's the Star Wars podcast of the Geeky Waffle Network. I've been on episodes of Geeky Waffle, and I've also been on episodes of Straight Out of Straight Out of Home Video. No, no, Straight Out of Home Video, um, which is their podcast about the straight to DVD Disney films. So I've been on a few of those as well too. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about fucking lions, <laughs> look at the Lion King two episode. So okay. next week, you want to know what next week is? More? Yeah, but do you know which more? Is it? Is this where Hun- where uh, Wrecker's brain finally? Uh... Wrecker holds out next week, everybody. Yes. And Rex returns because next week we're going to be talking about the seventh episode, Battle Scars, and we get Rex back. Wrecker it, Rex. Wreck it like Wrecker. Wreck it, Rex. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye, and don't don't look up the cars thing. Don't do it. Don't it's, do it. It's not a fun time. You're gonna do it. You're, they're, don't, they're don't, guys, take it from me. It's, you don't you don't want to know. You don't want to know. Do not share this knowledge with me. Do not. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.